from architecture to painting and sculpture, literature to live music and theater. Radio 111 presents Bonnie G and Brian Mendoza with The Desert Scene, your connection to culture and entertainment in the desert cities. Here's Bonnie and Brian. And welcome welcome to The Desert Scene. I am Bonnie G. I'm here with my uh, producer and fearless leader, uh, there we go. That's better. I wasn't hearing myself. Um, Brian Mendoza, and we're so happy to have as our guest today, uh, Jeff Barnett, who is my partner in crime in a great show that we're doing over at the Palm Springs Cultural Center called Razzle Dazzle. Hey, Jeff, how are you? Hey, hey, Bonnie, how's it going? Are you awake yet? Are you having your coffee? Have you? Are you woken up? I've had my coffee. I'm up. I'm up and at I've even. I even made the bed. Oh, good for you. Okay. So, I know. <laughs> so, um, we are just having a blast over at the Palm Springs Cultural Center, and this next yeah. week on May 26th will be our third installment of Razzle Dazzle, this wonderful Broadway uh, review show that we're doing. Um, and uh, this this time we have um, Anna. Uh, is it Rangel? I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name. Honor uh, Rangel. Yeah. Honor Rangel. And Christian Quevedo are our guest singers. And we also have a very special uh, appearance by Charles Herrera. And Joel Baker will yeah. be, on, be on the piano this week. So um, and it's just been so much fun. So so tell everybody a little bit about, about your background. I mean, you've got some pretty impressive credits. Well, thank you. I Actually, you know, I, I started up a little kid in high school with a... Uh, <clears throat> a really intensive uh, drama program. We didn't do musicals, by the way. Uh, we did like an annual Shakespeare and that sort of thing, but uh, mm-hmm. this was up in Northern California, mm-hmm. and uh, it was better than most high schools. We had master classes with ACT from San Francisco and uh, Berkeley Rep. Wow, that's so, great. Yeah, so I got to the end of my high school years, and, and I was thinking I was an actor, mm-hmm. you know, with capital A, and uh, <clears throat> in my senior year, I... There was a production of Godspell, and I'd seen the movie, and I fell in love with it, and the show, and I auditioned, and I got it. And I don't know how, because my audition song uh, was from South Pacific, which is not really Godspell appropriate, <laughs> but that changed yeah. my life, you know? Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, I was doing musical theater. Wow. And I did a whole run of it through the 80s up in the East Bay and regional theaters up there, uh, really show after show after show, and that was really my training ground. And, uh, and then I went professional with Les Miserables. Mm. Uh, in the late eighties. So, um, and that, that changed my life as well. Uh, it was a big deal. You know, it was a hot show Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And, uh, I, I took it from there now, and did a whole string of shows. Now, when did you, so, and you lived in New York. When, when did you make the move to New York? I lived there several times. Uh, mm. well, I was, I was married to a man named Gary Beach. He was, mm. uh, Two-time Tony nominee and a Tony winner. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it wasn't when we met, but yeah. uh, that's what first took me to New York. Was uh, he was opening up uh, Beauty and the Beast? Mm-hmm. He played Lumiere, okay. And uh, so we he signed for a year, and I went back with him, and uh, and that's really when I started living in New York. And I lived there off and on for twenty years. Wow! Uh, always, always on the Upper West Side, mm-hmm. Upper West Side guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> and eventually Lincoln Center. Um, and New York was such a great experience. The funny thing is, is, is that, you know, I kept auditioning to get to New York, and frequently when I was in New York, I was getting jobs out of town all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like, wait a minute, I had to come to New York to, to, to go do, yeah, I, I mean, it was, it's not a sad story, because I was off doing, say, I, I did Into the Woods in Houston with Las Vegas or mm-hmm. uh, uh, shows like that. Um, I worked in Houston several times, as a matter of fact. Um, mm-hmm. 
and even even some cruise ships. I went out singing on cruise ships for for a couple of years, uh, off and on. Yeah. So um, I've heard that. I've heard that. First of all, I've heard you. It's it's good money, and if you if you're not spending money on food and outcome, you can sock some money away. But did you ever get to the point where you, when the cruise is over, you're like get me off this boat? It's time to get get on dry land. Did you ever feel that? Uh huh. <laughs> you know the funny thing is because it is it's it's its own world. Yeah. You know it's like you know I I know many many of your listeners have, have been on cruises, mm-hmm. uh, but there's a whole other life. You yeah. know we have different doors that we go through. You know there there's a cruise shop, there's a crew bar, there's a crew gym, there's yeah a whole different crew life. And and also yeah when you're out on the high seas, you exist there. You're you know you're a big. A star on the show, yeah. you know, and, and people come up to you and all that, but you don't exist on land anymore, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, yeah, you do, you do get a little homesick, yeah. you know, and uh, and back when I was doing it, uh, we didn't have internet. I mean, oh yeah, so you're really cut off, support. yeah, really cut off, yeah, yeah. and and even even making phone calls, uh, you had to get in line. You could make phone calls at eleven a.m. or four p.m. and you had to get in the queue, and there was no guarantee oh, you were going to get on. I know. So it was a little crazy. You couldn't wait to get to port because then you'd buy a phone card. Yeah. You know, and and, uh, also depending where you were in the world, you had to arrange it with whoever you wanted to talk to that you were going to be, you know, it's like, it could be like 2 p.m. where I'm at and and, um, 4 in the morning. Right, (laughs) right, right. So you you have to coordinate that. I want to go back to New York. So did you do a lot of pounding the pavement or did you, or did you find, did you, sounds like you kind of flowed fairly effortlessly from job to job or did you have a lot of. Yeah. Yeah. But, but no, yes, you did pound the pavement. Yeah. You know, you, you know, being a pro and now you go to the equity building Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and audition, you know, and especially if if you're in between agents, you know, it's you're kind of on your own. So you have to, really be your own advocate and agent and get yourself out there. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and here's the thing, you know, the thing about auditioning, it's like, I don't, I don't know if anybody who actually really likes it, but, yeah. uh, uh, but the thing is the casting directors need to see you. Right. And when you start showing up, if, if you disappear, yeah, then, then, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, exactly. You know? So you, you always want to be present in the business. Yeah. So they can see, you. yeah. You know, because they, Go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I, I wanted to talk about your process because um, everyone has a different process as far as preparing for a show. Do you vocalize every day? Um, what do you have a a, a certain um, ritual that you go through before a show? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, you have to get into that right frame of mind. I think, frankly, my acting training sort of really put me into that sort of mode of. of uh, you know, sort of Jeff has to go away for a while, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and whoever I'm I'm playing needs to sort of enter my body and, and yeah. vocalizing. Yeah, it's just some vocalizing. <clears throat> I, I've known too many singers who actually leave their show in the dressing room before a show. Yeah. And yeah. They get out there and they have no voice. Yeah. So I do enough to, to, to get the chords warm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and, and I don't I don't vocalize every day. Mm-hmm. You know, there's sometimes I. You know, especially during allergy season, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Time so. No, since since we're doing Broadway, I know you're a big yeah. Broadway guy. What if you had to describe to somebody what's different about singing a Broadway song versus a pop standard or jazz thing? Obviously, you're acting and telling a story, but what else? What else would you say is different about it? I, I think musical theater tends to be a little more. 
in depth, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to singing an old standard. You know, e- even with those songs, you really are singing stories, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and some are deeper than others. But, you know, if you're doing Sondheim, well, you're digging into some heavy stuff. And yeah. it's not just uh, the words, which are intensive and, and a little crazy with, uh, say, Sondheim. Uh, but it's also the journey. There's always mm-hmm. a, a seems to be a journey, even within a song, can be an entire story. Right, you know, and you have to take it. There's a, there's a beginning, there's a middle, and an end, mm-hmm. and modulate, you know, running through that chorus, modulating it uh, to, to, you know, <clears throat> give it give it color and give it, uh, and also be, be just be true to the character, be true to their what they're going through. Mm-hmm. You know that, and that that to me is different than singing, you know, just a, a little ditty. Yeah, you know, or uh, fly me to the moon or whatever. Yeah. So when you, uh, this is something I, I always love to ask uh, uh, other performers, other singers. When you get a chance to go see somebody else, to see another uh, singer, what are you looking for? What do you want to see or hear from another singer when you go watch them? Well, actually, um, I think I'm most like I'm like <laughs> most actors. You go to a show and you start like going, which is my part. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> but yeah, when, when I I really want to see I want to see them connect. I mm-hmm. I want I want to see that connection and you know, it's like I I want to I want them to take me on that journey. Right. You know, and uh the the best the best ones do that, you know. Uh Kelly O'Hara is a great example. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's she's absolutely lovely and she's beautiful inside and out and that sort of thing, but when she actually Boy, you watch her get into a song, and it just—you you understand so much. It's—it's it's yeah. like reading a good book, right? You know, right? Takes you. That's really good. Yeah, that's what I kind of look for. Takes you know? on the journey. It, it yeah. Like, yeah, who's going to take me? Yeah. Uh, and and tell me this story, and 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 I'm just going to be—it's like sitting around a campfire and just being mesmerized. Right. You know. Right. What's what's on your bucket list? What what's what's a part or a role or a show or something that you haven't done that you you'd still like to? Well, I've kind of aged out now. I'm a little older than was <laughs> back in the well, we all have, yeah. I know. It's like it's like I'd love to say I'd love to play Pippin because that never happened. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, it's like and I, I always wanted to play Claude and Hare. And uh, you know, and now now I could play the father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So it's a, it's a I, don't, I don't know it's it's like uh, I would re- you know what I'd really love to do is uh, back in the '80s I played young Ben in Follies mm-hmm. and I would really love to play Ben now mm-hmm. uh, because I, I'm I'm of the age that I could mm-hmm. and uh, to, to to come full circle of playing my younger counterpart to to where the character is now and it, and it's a really rich part too I mean uh, yeah. it's just great music and. You know, it, it, that's the kind of thing that that I would look for now. Mm-hmm. Well, we're so we're we're really encourage everybody to Thursday, May twenty sixth at yes. the Palm Springs Cultural Center, which used to be the Camelot. The show is five to seven thirty. It's upstairs in the second floor in the little lounge, VIP lounge. Uh, no cover, but it's two drink minimum. And you want to, what you really want to do is go onto Eventbrite and look up Razzle Dazzle at the PS Cultural Center and just make a reservation so that you got a seat. But it's really a great show. We have so much fun and yeah. people are loving it. And um, I'm so thankful that, that Jeff is, is my partner in this whole thing. Thank you so much I for know. being here and for being Bonnie, part of Razzle Dazzle. I you and I know. <laughs> Razzle Dazzle. Love you. you. All right, all right. Thank you, Love Jeff. You. All right, thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time on The Desert Scene.